We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your What up, everybody? Welcome podcast. to another episode of the Corner Podcast. I am Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Shout out to the sponsors, and shout out to Blue Wire, of course, for hosting the show every week. Um, man, it has been a whirlwind since our last show. As you guys now know, I'm assuming everyone knows, except for the weirdos still out partying, that... We are in the midst of the coronavirus kind of fallout and everything's still going wild. So I am at home as well as the old man, kind of self-quarantined. The jobs are letting us work remote, which means we get to bring a lot of podcasts your way. The downside is most combat sports, except for one that we'll talk about, are taking a break in a hiatus and... We have to find new and clever things to talk about. But don't worry, our show will still be going throughout this, however long it lasts. So we appreciate you guys for listening. Old man, thank you for joining me. I mean, we really have nothing else. No, we we don't. I mean, look, man, I'm used to working at home anyway, even though I travel a lot. So now I just got to sit here and be stir crazy. 
And the good thing about it is, as many of the listeners know, we don't just talk about combat sports. Because if we did, y'all would be fucked. So, we, we have a whole lot of other things to talk about ex- aside from combat sports. Of course, we will still talk about... You said one combat sport. If you want to count pro wrestling, there's still two. Oh, still two. Yes, still two. So, yeah. So, we, we'll talk about the ins and outs and the nonsense that's going on there. But, yeah, we'll, we'll end up talking about some other things. And I know you guys like story time with the old man and, and Kale Dansby's hot takes in music and culture. So, uh, you're going to get a lot of those until this stuff clears up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who folds first, Dana White or Vince McMahon. That is the stare down of stare downs. But that'll give us something to talk about, like you said, going on, uh, you know, however long this may last. But to start off, we have to talk about the reason why everyone is kind of in flux. And no, it's not because of a sudden lack of toilet paper and people not being able to wipe their butts. It is because of the coronavirus and how it's spread, how it's taken off. It has, since our last show, I think last show was still really, a lot of people thought it was something going on in China. We didn't have that many cases in the United States or around the world. And then it seemed like in four or five days, it just boomed and stuff is getting real to the point of when we're recording this, schools are being uh, postponed until April. We see tons of stuff in Vegas closing down, entire hotels shutting down operations, affecting a lot of people's jobs, livelihoods, you know, kids not being able to go to school. It's it's crazy out there. But on the flip side, we also see crazy ass people still going to Post Malone concerts. Yeah, I don't I don't know how what's wrong with people like, <laughs> look, man, when this first started, I was one of those people that was like, all right, it's the flu, right? You know, say yep. it's the flu. We'll, we'll deal with it um, as long as there's not a huge spread of it. And, and things escalated extraordinarily fast with cases in the States. Obviously, as soon as it was like Tom Hanks and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert had it, it was a wrap and people lost their minds. <laughs> but what gets me is that, OK. We now know this thing is highly contagious. And yes, it is uh, a strain of the flu that doesn't necessarily have a cure. Um, And it can mutate. It can change. Uh, If anybody needs to go read on the Spanish flu in the early 1900s, people say, well, it's 1900s. We're still doing the same dumb shit. Perfect example. Spanish flu happened, I think, 1914. St. Louis decided to quarantine the city where they they limited uh, mass gatherings. Philadelphia decided to have a fucking parade. Everybody died. (laughs) So... I mean, I'm laughing, but it's not funny because Philly decided to go on with a mass gathering and a vast majority of the people that went to that got sick and died, whereas St. Louis was fine. So it's like you hear about these things that people aren't taking it serious. I mean, look, man, it's it's I don't want to stay inside either all the time, but I'd rather be able to go outside like in a few months or rather than this being my last time going out, because I can guarantee you you going out right now ain't popping like that. It ain't the best thing you've ever been to. I would nah, like. Put it ain't popping like bank. June and July. Nah, that's what I'm saying. Like a Post Malone concert. Seriously, is that is that where you're gonna bury your ex in a Post Malone <laughs> concert? Come on, man. There's better things you can do with your time. Like for me, I, we we can talk about all this, but yeah, I'm gonna catch up on some Netflix. I mean, I still gotta work. Granted, you know, I work for. Uh, we both work for sports networks. Mine is based specifically on like combat sports and live sports. So we have to be really creative with what we're doing. So I still got to work. But I'm going to stay my butt inside. I'm not running that risk. I'm not rolling the dice with my life, my wife's life, and my daughter's life. I've even told the family, like, if you're going to be out in public, don't you come up over here with that shit. Because you can't risk it. It's cool. I'll see you guys in a few months. 
Yeah. There's Skype. There's other ways to talk. Like we act like there's no other ways to communicate, unless you you know have extramarital affairs, and that's a whole different ball game because you can't see all your mistresses. Good luck to you. But people are nuts, man. Just stupid. Listen, there's OnlyFans. There's like you said, Skype. There's FaceTime. The mistress could bust it open on FaceTime for a second. It'll uh, make the heart grow fonder. There's nothing that makes a mistress feel more valued than the husband being forced to spend time in a house with his wife. So by the time this shit is all over, that mistress is going to be the best thing, the best thing out. I'm telling you, that's the first places those guys are going. So mistresses stay strong as well. But I, I don't know, man. Just being in the house with one, I'm already stir crazy. But I know it's necessary, right? Like, it's a small sacrifice for the greater good. I can stay in the house. We, Like you mentioned, we both work in a position where we can work from home. Thankfully, I'm one of those people where, yes, I have to be home, but the check still clears. You know, the checks might not be popping as much as they were a month ago, but the check is still there, thankfully. There's a lot of people who aren't in that position who are at home with no money coming in. So, you know, the best to them, if you know people who need help, uh, you know, within your means, you know, kids at home, maybe not having meals because they can't go to school or something like that. PB&J goes a long way. Boxes of cereal go a long way. All that good stuff. Help out where you can. Make sure to check on your fam, the elderly, especially um, where this virus isn't just a flu. It is deadly. I believe like the virus for the elderly is creeping up on pneumonia status. Where if you guys know, like elderly people croak from pneumonia all the time. It's like one of the worst things they can get. So make sure you guys check on the elderly. Be safe. Wash your damn hands. Which this is most, I'll admit, most I've washed my hands in like my entire life. And I'll probably continue to wash my hands even after this is long and gone. So this has taught me a lifelong lesson. I washed my hands before, but not like I am now. I've got dry-ass hands right now. But it's well worth it so that we can go out. We can enjoy combat sports. We can go to venues again. I just want to watch my Yankees play. Thankfully, we get a little healthy. It doesn't look like we're playing any games till June. So this might be our year after all to come in and win a World Series in a shortened year. And it still counts. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I've... There's a, a good follow on Twitter and Facebook is David Dennis, who's a friend of mine, uh, fantastic writer. Uh, he's written for like the Undefeated, he worked for Bossip. But uh, I've worked at home for the past decade, right? right? Then before that, I worked at home for like nine years. So one year was at BET, which is like the worst year of my life. But <laughs> I've worked, I'm used to working at home, and David Dennis. Uh, did a post i think it's on facebook i'm not sure if you post this on twitter on rules to working from home because a lot of you are going to have the opportunity to work from home and you think yay i get to work from home the shit ain't all that's cracked up to me because what ends up happening is when you work at home there's no off switch and you have to have an off switch because if working in the comfort of your own home means your work just kind of stays with you and you can't get away from it. it's not like when you work a nine to five and you clock out and your work day is over so if you can, if you find him on Facebook, I don't know if he posts this on Twitter, um, look at his rules. Like one of his rules, like don't take your laptop to bed because then you create your, your bed becomes your workspace. And now you can't sleep because you're thinking about working your bed. Well, when it's time to be done, close your laptop. It's a simple process, but it works. When you close your laptop, it t- sends a signal to your brain that you are no longer working. 
Um, there's other things like really take a lunch. Don't work on your lunch. You will burn yourself out. So if you're working from home, like check I feel seen, out. by the way. I feel you seen by done. that statement. <laughs> you already know. Like, you work too hard. Like, I had to learn this lesson the hard way. And I can tell you exactly when I learned it. I learned it at BT. Like, no matter how much you work, because I did it when I worked at Hip Hop DX, I did it a lot. But I would have an off switch. I would tell the owner, like, he called me like two in the morning. I'm like, dog, no. Don't call me at two in the morning because you set a precedent. And when you set a precedent that you're always available, people will take advantage of it. And when I worked at BET, I didn't say no to a lot of things, and then it didn't fucking matter. Like, you do all those things for a company, and you find out you're exposed, you're, uh, you can be disposed of real quick. So it's like, don't work yourself too hard. Like, you have to know your value and what you're getting paid for. Even when you're working from home, you're like, ooh, I'm working from home. But think about it. I think that's one of the things he said in the piece. Like, when you work in the office, think about how long you bullshit. Whenever I go to the zone office, I'm like, yo, I'm not getting any work done. Because you, you you talk to people, you're in meetings, and you're doing all that shit. Treat home like you would treat your office. Talk to people. Do something else. Just don't overwork yourself because you feel like it's just you and your computer and you have to work all day long. You don't. It doesn't really matter. No matter what you do, no job is that important that you have to work that long. And it's a hard lesson that I had to learn. But having a daughter also brought clarity to that as well because as soon as I started working with the zone, I was like, all right, Mondays and Tuesdays, don't bother me. <laughs> Unless it's like a super emergency, like I won't answer. I, I mute my Microsoft Teams chat. I mute my Skype Skype chats, except this if it's one of our direct editorial uh, senior editors or the deputy editor, and it's important. But they know you got to set boundaries. So if you're working from home, set boundaries. You have to. You nah, too, Kale. Goddamn it. Listen, I, I try to make myself comfy while I work from home, but yes, I do work uh, quite a bit when I am here in the off switch. Is something I have to learn to kind of, you know, just turn off every now and then. But currently, this, I guess, hiatus or quarantine is teaching me a lot. So, yeah, now I do kind of just turn it off. I set certain hours for myself. So, but like you said, it's a lot easier to do work when you're at home. So I get a lot of my stuff done within six hours. And then I just play video games the rest of the time. Which I'm sure we'll talk about because there's so many games. Like... We'll have to do a whole video game show as we continue to switch things up here going forward. But, man, yeah, just finding those other outlets now to stay busy. So I'm not, you know, driving myself up the wall or even worse, driving my wife up the wall. Because currently she's bored to death, too. She can only clean so much. I only dirty so many things. We can only do laundry so many times. So now it's kind of like, okay, what do we do? When can we, you know... We bought, like, a ton of board games, so we're doing those things. We're catching up on television shows, like you said, and trying to watch everything under the sun. They're running Westworld commercials. I've never watched Westworld. I might just watch that shit. I feel like I have just so many times and three televisions. I might as well. Yeah. Man, there's so much stuff to watch. Like, as, as most of you guys know, I'm a television junkie. I'm a media junkie. That's I grew up being raised by a television, so... I watch a lot of things, and that my cue, because I work so much, is so backlogged, like, I'm cool, like, they, I have so much shit to watch, like, I watched On My Block in, like, two days, season three, I watched I'm Not Okay With This in one day, so, I don't have a problem with this, and I'm, <laughs> I'll gladly give recommendations on things you, sh you should watch, because by now, I think some of you guys know my taste isn't, um, I don't watch, like, it's not Power and fucking Empire, like, I watch a bunch of different shit, so, 
Uh, if you're in line with my taste, I'll have recommendations. And I'm sure we'll get there because we have nothing else to talk about. No, how was on my block? I saw that on Netflix, uh, the recommendation thing, but it looked it. like it looked like an urban Scooby Doo. I didn't. Not I don't understand all. the premise. Oh, okay. Not at all. It's it's about. Uh, um, I mean, it's it's about kids. I mean, it's one of those you know coming of age things, um, with kids in the community. But you know it that they deal with some shit. I guess I'll say they have oh. some, they have issues. Uh, but it it has this comedic value. Um, but it is heartfelt. Like this last season, there's an episode where it's like, oh, you're trying to get fools to cry. There's there's a couple of those, and it's it's the the performances are really strong. Um, it's outright funny, um, and it leans heavy because it's not just you know a lot of people look at it. It's not a, like a black show. There's you know there's a heavy Hispanic presence. There's you know the Mexican community, community. There's gang culture. It's it's a good show, but it has its very funny moments, and it's it's I think it's twenty minutes an episode, so it's worth your time if you have nothing oh, else to watch. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah, it's like 25, maybe 30 minutes an episode. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about it now. I am not okay with this. I wasn't sure what to think of this. And somebody told me it was like Stranger Things. And I love Stranger Things. But it's kind of not. And um, there is a direct correlation to a certain movie that I love that it when it all comes together, because if I say it, it's just going to spoil the entire series. When it all comes together, I was like, oh, that's where they got all this shit from. And the, it, again, 19, 20 minutes an episode. And it's only seven episodes. But it's, it's about a girl who uh, finds out that she's kind of unique. And uh, the means that she finds out are pretty interesting. It's And that's really all I can say about it. But it, it has that, that <laughs> 11 from Stranger Things element to it. But it's it's good, man. I, I, literally, one day. I, I got through like six of the seven episodes. I woke up the next morning and watched the episode, and I was done. You're, you're just uh, an animal with it, though. You power through series like it's nothing. No fatigue. No, man. If it's good, I'm going to stay with it. If it's not, like, certain shows, if you have a lull, I have to come, come back to it. But I'm pretty good at sticking with stuff. Like, right now... The one show that I need to watch is The Leftovers, and I never watched it. And people are going to listen to this podcast like, you haven't watched The Leftovers? No, I was traveling a lot, and I got way too far behind. And I was like, you know what? I'll just catch up. Um, and I got a lot of movies to catch up on. So, But, yeah, when, it's, when it happens, I'm on it. Like, dude, I just started watching Black Monday last uh, the night before last. I'm almost done with season one because Don Cheadle and Regina, uh, who is it? Regina Hall are phenomenal in that show. It looks so good. Yeah, like Dude, again, Seth that's Rogen the other preview pro- I saw. <laughs> yeah, Seth Rogen is like a producer on it, so you can t- like the comedy is like very goofy, but it's about yeah. the Black Monday start mar- stock market crash and the, the the events that led up to it. Which the stock market market crash was very real. The shit that they talk about in there might probably is not, and I haven't done a lot of fact checking <laughs> on this, but there, there's so many '80s elements to it and. For a lot of for our younger listeners, if you're like under thirty and you try to watch this show, there's a lot of references that you're just not going to get. Because I even had a hard time getting a lot of those references because I love eighties music. But there are like a lot of they play certain songs that are related to movies where a scene is coming from in Black Monday. Um, like there's a, a reference to Working Girl. If anybody's seen Working Girl, you'll know what it's about. There's a there's a song off the soundtrack in re, uh, from Working Girl that they play. When Regina uh, Hall is is making this particular move, and if you know the movie, you know where the song came from, and you know the scene that they're referencing, so you know it's about to happen. But if you don't, you have no clue. 
But it's good because you have no clue because you don't have to know. It's just it's an added bonus when you get those references. That's a deep dive 80s movement. All right. Listen, as a product of the 80s myself, I can appreciate that. And yes, being born in 88 counts. So, uh, what else is there? No, I, I feel like we covered movies, video games. I'm sure we'll talk about on a different show. My last question surrounding coronavirus and this whole quarantine is something I saw on Twitter, or could have been Facebook, nonetheless. I spent way too much time on both. And I thought it was a very fun and cool question. And I tried to tailor it towards our show. So the question is, if you could be quarantined with three combat sports athletes slash contributors, I'd put that in, because maybe like promoters or someone else, who would they be? You plus three. They have to be alive? No, 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 no. All time. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it's a it's a general question. It, it's not easy. You only get to pick three. For me, it's easy. All right, who's your three? Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. Um, well, the third one's a little bit more difficult. See, this is where you get down to the nitty gritty. That's tough. Well, it's Ali, it's Tyson, and it's probably I want to say Sugar Ray Leonard. Because I'm not including pro wrestling. I'm just doing boxing and MMA. No way MMA is that interesting to me that I need to sit down and talk to him. Um, maybe Art Jimerson, because I always want to know what went through his mind when he stepped into UFC 1 with one boxing glove on. But uh, <laughs> but that's not a long enough conversation. Sugar Ray Leonard is an interesting one because I read his book. And when you read about the all-American black dude who became like a superstar, and you find out like how involved he was in like cocaine and drinking and all the shit that he did, you're like, oh... You wore a face. So I've always wanted to talk to him, Tyson, because, duh. If anybody saw that clip of Tyson floating around where he talks about suppressing his his war instincts, it's downright frightening, but it also is very integral to like mental health and things that people deal with. And there's fucking yep. Ali. Like, who wouldn't want to sit in a room with Ali? Who are yours? Oddly, oddly enough, Muhammad Ali is not on mine, um, even though that would be cool like talk to Ali about his whole life. But mine... Andre the Giant, Mike Tyson, Conor McGregor are my three. And I think, one, we're drinking our ass off in that conversation. Ali, I mean, Tyson, Tyson might be doing other things. But I want, like, prime crazy man Tyson. And I just want to know about the rock star life surrounding all these guys and it, you can even replace Tyson in some instances with Sugar Ray Robinson because Robinson's crew is deep this motherfucker had an entourage like none other in box I don't think someone's rolled that deep since Floyd included but uh you just give me Tyson for now but I love that rock star just larger than life how was it for you guys and I want to hear the stories Connor's living it now to his Accord, he says he's on the down end of it, but I want to know, like, what is it like when it goes from, okay, I'm an, I'm this normal everyday guy to I am a world superstar with all the money to do whatever the hell I want to do, and how does that change? So I think Andre just being so big and the world now and here in Japan, he covers the pro wrestling side. I think Ric Flair is kind of too easy, and we heard a lot of Ric Flair stuff. If I can talk to Andre the Giant about his heyday. Like, how you seven foot, seven one on a plane? 
You got to take out the whole back seats for you to fit. So Andre just probably crazy girls and women and traveling and drinking 122 beers. I want to hear all that shit. So mine, I, I, I don't want to say the train wrecks of each sport, but I want to talk to the people who are the, the biggest names and just those larger than life personas from each combat sport. And then drink while doing it. I think that should be hilarious. Like, I, I couldn't be one of those people who are like, yo, I want to talk to, even, it's not a horror book, but like Angelo Dundee. Or I want to know the intricacies of, like, that shit doesn't interest me. Like, I don't want to talk to Vince McMahon. Like, I want to talk to the, the characters who are larger than life. I Andre, do want to talk to Vince Andre McMahon. with six women on his fucking legs. No, I just end up yelling at Vince McMahon for three hours. Quarantine? I end up yelling at Vince McMahon for 21 days and making him rewatch every WrestleMania with me. Be like, what the fuck were you thinking right here, Vince? Huh? You see this? Why'd you do this dumb shit? And just go through all of wrestling history. Yeah, see, I, I wouldn't do that. Like, if it was... See, because as you should know by now, especially dealing in the position that you're in, when you meet people, they're a lot different than who you think they are. And somebody like Vince McMahon, who, yes, we criticize, but is has seen a lot and done a lot should have stories for fucking days. And if, if that's what you're into, and then also you can figure out, like, how... Because for all intents and purposes, like, we criticize him, but the guy's a fucking genius. And I'd love to sit down and pick his brain about, you know, eating up the regionals, his decision-making, his booking. Yeah, we could be critical, but I'd love to hear his rationale behind it. So, like, Andre the Giant's cool. Yeah, he's a big guy on the plane. But this man's a guy who put together WrestleMania three. And saw, like, Savage and Hogan in, in WrestleMania 5. Like, and now today with Roman Reigns, like, why are you so stubborn? Like, he's got, he's delusional, yes, but i just love to hear his rationale. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm very curious about what makes somebody like that tick. And even his sense of fucking humor. Like, he never got over the potty humor. He still loves his shit. And he's insulated. The guy is so rich that he's completely clueless and what goes on in the real world. So sharing ideologies and, you know, it'd be like, hey, Vince, we're quarantined. So let me explain to you why this shit is racist. Could yield a very interesting conversation. <laughs> so there. No, I, <laughs> again, you're not talking to anyone else if you're talking to Vince. What do you mean? I'm not that's, just going to, that's just going to take up your whole time. Dude, I'm you 14. I have nothing but time. Like, <laughs> like listen, man. It'd be like, it'd be like yo, Ali, that's dope. Back to you, Vince. Yeah, but no, no, because there's so many, because obviously Muhammad Ali would have a conversation with Vince because Muhammad Ali patterned his entire style off a gorgeous George who wrestled in his dad's territory. Mike Tyson was in Degeneration X. Can you imagine these three just having a conversation? Come on, man. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, so if I'm including pro wrestling, if I'm including pro wrestling, I'm taking oh, yeah, pro wrestling out, I'm there. putting Vince McMahon in. Yeah, I'm putting Vince McMahon in there. I have to. I have to know what... Because everything is pro wrestling, and Vince McMahon is pro wrestling. I have to. <laughs> I could just see you looking at Vince like, this motherfucker's crazy. Yes. I would no longer... My hot takes wouldn't be that wild. Or you leave the room thinking, you know what? This motherfucker's a genius. I understand it all now. Exactly. Because it's rationale, man. People have their reasons for thinking the way that they think. And I'm curious. Because something worked. Even somebody like, listen. Yes, Donald Trump's a piece of shit. 
But I'm always curious about how people's minds work and what gets mm-hmm. them to where they are. And like somebody like Trump, yeah, I want to know. I don't like you. I might punch you in the face before the night's over. I'm sure I will. But I want to know how we got here. How did you get here and how did you turn your back on so many people? How did you initially lean very Democrat when you were on Oprah in like 85 and now you're like this super radical right winger? What made your mind like this? Because I truly believe he's pandering. But I, I'd love to have those conversations because now you're not performing in front of an audience. You're talking to me. And this is my journalistic side as well. And I've, I've done <laughs> well over the years on getting people to open up to me. So, yeah, I, I deal with things a little bit different. I can The wild stories, yeah, you could probably share those with the world. But I, I want to know who you are and what makes you who you are. Because Mike Tyson, yeah, the wild stuff of Mike Tyson is great. But... The childhood of Mike Tyson and the shit that he had to deal with and the demons that he has battled over the years. Listen, if I'm quarantined with Mike Tyson, we're going to find out if he raped that girl, which I'm going yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get lose. Mike Tyson high enough. Nah, fuck it. We ain't got shit you to lose. quarantine, yeah, as long as he has yeah. his ganja, he'll tell you everything. Yeah, simply put, like I need to know how people tick. The most intriguing minds of the world, they tick for different reasons. And you got to find out what makes people tick. Like, Andre Giant was just really big and drunk. So, I mean, not... Oh, Dre has seen some shit. Yeah, Andre has seen some shit, though. Like, the I'm picture sure of him is. and six women. Just the, the sheer mechanics of wrestling. I saw him the other day. Did a crossbody off the top rope. Yeah. For what match I was watching. I was like, what I'm the like, fuck's going on here? I would love to. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even know Andre would even... If he talks that much, he's always seemed like a guy who talks, and you're just like, all right, he's just a big dude in the room, and that's why you're listening. I don't know if Andre Giant says anything profound. You know what I'm saying? I don't like know. that's a lot of stories. I thought they would fill up the time with a lot of stories. You are going for more than interesting, in depth, pulling out the stories. I just want to be like, yo, here, we're here for three weeks, go. And they could tell you stories on stories on stories about the road, about this, about wild times. Now, I just sit there all day and listen to shit like, yo, like, yeah, we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we had a show and we drank this and that. Like, I just want to know all those little things. And uh, I feel like Connor has some wild shit to say. If there's anyone in MMA, I try to pick people from all three sports, it'd probably be Connor. Because I, I really don't want to stay in a room with Dana White for three weeks. He'd be like the other guy, like, to kind of try to listen to. He'd be like, oh. I'd get like two days and be like, this motherfucker. That, I I don't know. It'd be funny to see you quarantine with Kobe Covington. If I could get you quarantined with Kobe Covington, Hulk Hogan, and I don't even know who the hell would come from boxing. But that'd be some shit. Kobe Covington, Hulk Hogan, and Oscar De La Hoya. Not that De La Hoya's racist, but I feel like he's annoying. Yeah... Let's not. How about that? That's <laughs> to cast the characters. Oh, that that would be fun. You throw Floyd in there, too. I feel like Floyd might annoy you after three weeks. Three minutes. Just. <laughs> so that's craziness. Um, We got a ton to talk about in combat sports as well. So we're going to hit this quick break. You guys stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to dive into boxing and the UFC to wrap up this show thank you guys for listening like we said we're bringing you a ton of content even during this self-imposed quarantine so hopefully you guys are staying safe we'll be right back 
All right, real quick, we got to take a break from the show to let you know with currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. You'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports is on the rise. So if you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. All right, just that quick, we are back. And uh, man, it's actually been somewhat eventful in boxing in UFC or and MMA in general with Bellator and everything over the past week. And that's mainly because we thought we had fights. We didn't have fights. Some fights continued, decided to go on. The calendar has been all over the place. So we actually have some stuff to talk about, which is good. We had to start off on kind of a somber note, though. And Floyd's, one of the mothers of Floyd's children, Josie, was uh, found dead in her garage in her car, I believe, was the report from TMZ. And I know for a lot of people, especially people from Vegas, Dre and people of your age, this one kind of hit hard because, you know, she was in Vegas in the 90s and people knew her and ran in those circles and she was around Floyd and a lot of people were in the area with her and, you know, spent time around her. So to see someone lose their life, especially at 40, it, it hit people really hard. Yeah, um... I won't get into too much detail of, you know, but I will say that I knew Josie. Uh, we weren't like super close or anything like that. We did go, uh, we were, we didn't go to high school together. She went to Green Valley. I went to Valley. Um, and everybody knew Josie but before Floyd. So that part sucks. Um, I haven't seen, last time I saw her was like five years ago at like a Snoop concert, talked, hung out for a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because you see Floyd uh, posting on Instagram, you know, his queen and all that stuff, his princess. And she's the mother of three of the children. And you can't help but think of the issues that those two had. And, you know, for a lot of people, what pops in your head is you never really see. You see you've seen Karan, you've seen his son, you've seen uh, both of his daughters at fights. You never really saw Josie anywhere. Uh, you see uh, Melissa. You would see you know, his girlfriends at the time, but you never really saw Josie. And they've had issues. Um, and who knows how far those issues went? Who knows what their relationship was like to this day, uh, to the last day? Um, there's no foul play suspected. Uh, I just know that she's kind of had a rough life. Uh, so, yeah, it stinks, man. I mean, it does. And I, I can't imagine... You know, as even even if you talk about Floyd, I know a lot of people say, "Well, he's a domestic abuser," and this and the third. True, uh, if you if you lean on that side, true. But there is also the kids that I'm worried about because they just lost their mother, and Floyd does have to deal with those kids because, from what I've seen, this is nothing personal. Just from what I've seen, he's been around his children, and now he's probably gonna have to be around them more. Now they're grown. I think Kron is twenty. Um, I think his youngest daughter is like 15, but 
I'm sure it's tough times in the Mayweather household in general because those kids, all they got now is each other, in a sense. Uh, so those things are complicated. Death always sucks. We don't know exactly what happened. It just came as a big shock when you look on TMZ and you see Josie Harris has passed. And like I said, for me, it's a big shock because I knew her. Like I said, we weren't super tight friends or anything like that. But Vegas is dumb small and everybody kind of knew everybody. Like, for real, like Josie was the hot girl that everybody chased and Floyd ended up bagging her. It's kind of how it went. And then she was completely off the radar. You just didn't see her again because Floyd's career took off. And then it took off without Josie. And then all the other stuff happened. So, yeah, man, that's a somber note. And it kind of it kind of got swept under the rug in a sense because the coronavirus thing just took off the same day. Like, she passed away in the morning. By 3 p.m., it was all coronavirus everything. So nobody's really talking about the circumstances of what happened. I just hope those kids are all right. I know it's tough for them. I hope the Mayweather family, the Harris family, uh, you know, I hope, you know, I don't know, I hope, I don't even pray. I don't do, that's not my bag, but I hope there's some way that, you know, we can give them blessings and strength because they need it at this time. Yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's a lot. Like you said, it is a lot. And for those kids, it's like, man, it's everything all at once, right? How are you supposed to be quarantined in your home and then your mother's no longer in your home? It's a, a shitty, yeah, like you, they didn't. There's no way possible, and I don't know these kids, but no way possible they want to be locked up in that house right now. Like, going through it and knowing what just happened, I don't know. It's ridiculous. So, man, I nothing but the best of wishes to them and to Mayweather and his whole family and his other kids who are, you know, affected by it. Just knowing her and being around her their entire lives, it, it hits everyone hard, so that... That was a tough blow to the boxing community. And then we saw, you know, just boxing kind of what would take a lot of people's mind off of these situations sometimes. And just the coronavirus and being shut in. A lot of times people look at sports as that escape. And we saw starting with the NBA because of Rudy Gobert being an idiot. And I'll just say, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Like, you don't know if you have it. You're just rubbing up on people. And every reporter and beat writer, I feel for them. No one's asked what the hell happened to the reporters and beat writers that he was rubbing up on their phones and the recorders. You put your phone down every press conference. Could you imagine how pissed you'd be if you found out the person just rubbed their hands over it and then had corona two days later? And for two days you were at home with Kennedy and your wife? No, I can't. That... That was, it, like, the most extreme version of irony ever. It's like, hey, dude, like, I don't have it. Yeah, motherfucker, you got it. And now Donovan Ooh, Mitchell you would have been pissed, Dre. It would have been it. It would have been on site. If a <laughs> UFC fighter would have rubbed your phone two days later, he had coronavirus, and you, on some joking stupid shit, like he doesn't have it, you find out he has it and infected a teammate, or him and a teammate have it. Don't know who infected who. But him and a teammate have it. So two fighters in the same camp have it. He rubbed up against your phone and you took it home. As much as we know our kids play with our phones. Yeah. And everything. Oh, that would have been it. So it's crazy that, one, that happened. But then the NBA shuts down. And then you have a postponement in baseball. And then that trickles through. And then we finally, at the end, get to combat sports. And... 
it started with boxing. I'd say all three combat sports wanted the show to go on, right? They wanted it to continue. I had packed. My stuff is still packed in a suitcase. I was headed down to New York to cover the MSG fight. Shakur Stevenson was fighting on Saturday. And on Tuesday, it was supposed to be Mick Conlon. So I was going down to you know, go to those fights. I was about to walk out my door and I got the call from ESPN. It was one of our managers over there. He's like, we're suspending all travel. Don't worry about that. Don't go down. We'll find ways to cover it. Cool. Three hours later, hey, no one has to come into the office. You guys can work from home until further notice. All this stuff. We're putting stuff in place for you guys to get your job done. Okay. And then you start seeing why. So both top-ranked cards canceled. There was a another card canceled as well, I believe, on that Friday. Um, on Saturday, a showbox card did go on with an empty arena type of feel. I think it was just family and people who produced the shows. But now going through, we have the Nevada Athletic Commission saying, listen, no fights before the 28th of March. Fights are not being allowed in other cities due to limits of fans in the venue. And boxing is pretty much at a standstill for what? At least until May, currently, maybe longer, given what just came out. Um, what was that? Center Disease Control suggesting everyone for eight weeks not do anything with more than 50 people in a venue. So who knows how long it lasts. But I feel like boxing of the three combat sports got it right first. Yeah, um, of all the sports, listen, NBA, yes, there's a ton of people on the court. Everybody gets sick. Uh, baseball, sure. Uh, football, whenever it comes back, okay, I get it. MMA and boxing are, and then we'll talk about pro wrestling um, on a different show. But MMA is a sport where two guys are in the octagon together, sweating, spitting, drooling, and bleeding on one another. If there was one sport that I would say, hey, guys, <laughs> fuck this, I'm going home, it'd be that one. And I, I just don't get it. We'll talk about the UFC in a second, but boxing, they kind of had to figure it out. Obviously, commission stepped in. I mean, testing, there's a lot going on. And they decided, you know what? We should probably not do this. More importantly, we shouldn't even do this with anybody. Like, if we do do this, because uh, where the hell was that fight? The Brandon Lee fight. Because I actually, I don't even watch Showbox like that. I record it, and I fast forward through it, and I'm like, ah, who's fighting? And I look. But Brandon Lee fought. Where was that fight at? Some weird place. I don't even know where that was. Yeah, it was very weird. And I remember looking it up. I forgot where it was. But I watched the entire thing because there was nothing else on. And usually I don't watch Showbox yeah. either. No, so I, I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I'm going to go ahead and watch this. And I watched it and I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, because that place was small as hell too, so it couldn't fit that many people. But I'm thinking, like, imagine if this happened and it was uh, Wilder Fury weekend. And those people like, oh. decided to go to Wilder Fury. Everybody's getting sick. Everybody's leaving that yep, bitch sick. That would have been a wrap. Because you're all sitting on top of each other, and then you're walking through a casino, and then there's two guys fighting. Everybody's getting sick. <laughs> so it's getting like, choked out. Yeah, it's like, dude, everybody's getting sick. So the right thing to do is, yeah, not do this. You don't have to. Like, people say you need entertainment. And I kind of get it when you say people need entertainment, but it's also a capitalistic society. So you look at things like UFC Brasilia. It was the only show in town. And when Dana White goes on social media, it was like, we're number one. No shit, you're number one. There's nothing else going on. Winning by default isn't really winning. Because every other sport is eventually going to come back. And to risk people's health for this is ridiculous. 
Um, yeah. But boxing, yeah, they did the right thing. I mean, it sucks for Shakur Stevenson. He wanted to fight. It sucks for Mick Conley. He wanted to fight. But it's better for you to be able to fight again than never again. So, you know, you got to pick your battles. Fighters need to be safe from themselves sometimes. Because they're going to want to say, hey, let me fight. But, uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't. And I'm also very curious. We'll talk about the UFC in a second. Were some of these boxers compensated for not fighting? What happened there? Enough. Most of them get paid. Uh, most of the bigger names get paid enough where they can miss a fight and it's okay. That is certainly not the case in the UFC. No, and uh, boxing-wise, I think I saw it in Shakur Stevenson's comment section. Um, he negotiated that you get like half your pay up front as kind of like a, a bonus type thing. So he got paid some for that fight. I don't know how many boxers do that. Um, it'd be smart <laughs> to kind of have this happen. So you always have a little bit of money in your pocket. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, a lot of guys, unfortunately, in combat sports, they have to fight to keep the lights on. Yeah. So, and not to mention how expensive camps are. And to just do an eight-week camp and training partners and sparring partners and nutritionists and all this stuff that you bring in for the fight that these people still have to get paid. So it becomes, you know, a little harder to cut that check when you don't have a fight. So it, it got a little bit crazy. But again, the health of the athletes and the fans are what's most important. That brings us to the UFC. And we'll talk about pro wrestling on Friday's show. So we won't even dive into the madness that is Vince McMahon. But UFC went the opposite. Said, fuck it. YOLO. To the point where Dana White went on ESPN and said, you know what? I talked to Donald Trump. He said we are it. <laughs> and we, we're going to keep doing this. Nothing's going to stop us unless there's a full ban on the United States. Which, lo and behold, there might be a full ban on how many people you can have in one establishment in the United States. But to the point of we're recording this show on a Sunday. comes out Monday. And Dana White today went and said, you know what? I don't care what it takes. We can no longer do it at the Apex Center because the Athletic Commission in Nevada was smart enough to ban that. All combat sports activities. She was like, okay, we can't do this in our home building. We'll find a place to do it. I'm thinking Texas, right? Texas allows everything. Who knows where they go? Maybe a barge out on the water. I, I don't fucking know. Like bare knuckle boxing had to do a couple of times. But Dana White is hell-bent on doing this for a card that's supposed to be in the UK where half the fighters on the card were from the UK. There's now a travel ban, so they can't fight. And he's looking for late replacements for everybody. From the main event all the way down the card, short-notice fights already are risky. And he's looking for like 10 of them. This shit is crazy. Yeah. Um, before we go into all the bands, yes, I did watch UFC Brasilia card. Uh, Charles Oliveira looked fantastic. And yep. I don't know how this man's striking has evolved the way it does, but he pieced up Kevin Lee's something serious. And he's, you know, Oliveira's closing in on, you know, top five status. Great. That's the fucking card. Uh, this shit is ridiculous. Dana White being hell-bent on having... A UFC card. Okay. First and foremost, we'll talk London because, yes, Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards is a fantastic fucking fight. And everybody wants to see it. 
It's in the UK, in London, where they're like, no. So then he's like, we'll just do it somewhere else. Now, if you are a fighter that lives in the UK and you found out that your fight is happening in like six days is being moved to a place unknown, how the fuck are you going to get there with a travel ban? I don't know if Danny's even considered any of this because like you just kind of mentioned, what are they going to do, fight in a bar? Because they can't fight in the Apex in Vegas. Where are you going to find a venue on this short notice to have a fight? Now, most fighters, all fighters, what are they doing the final week of... of uh, what are they doing on fight week? You know the answer to this. They're cutting fucking weight. Who yep. the hell wants to try to figure out where I'm fighting in the midst of trying to shave off the last 10 to 15 pounds to make weight? And if you're coming from the UK, you're on a flight for like 10 hours. That's going to have some severe hindrance on your weight cutting. Mind you, cutting weight drastically affects the immune system, which makes you prone to what? Corona fucking virus. I don't, this shit doesn't make any sense to me. I Look, look, I want to see Khabib and Tony Ferguson too. And it's almost downright hilarious that coronavirus is going to be the one that cock blocks that fight. But the show doesn't have to go on. It ain't that serious. Yeah, the fighters going to say they want to fight. You want to know why? Because they ain't paid enough to say anything otherwise. Daniel Cormier caping on social media the other day. Guys want to fight, blah, blah, blah. Listen, Dana White in a huge fucking company that's publicly traded that makes millions and millions of dollars. Wait, are they publicly traded? They just were sold. No, I don't think so. No, they're not. Yeah, they were sold. Whatever. They're owned by a singular entity. Yes, they're rich. <laughs> and the fact that they have all these fighters who are, want to fight, you want to know why they want to fight? Because we're fucking hungry. So if you went ahead and paid them, like, listen, I like my job, but if you paid me to stay home and do nothing, I will gladly stay home and do nothing on my own time. So if you told all these fighters, yeah, you're going to get your win and show money because we're not going to risk your life, I guarantee you some of their tunes will change. Some of them will still be like, but yeah, I want to fight. You got to protect them from themselves. They don't need to be out there fighting. But a guy like Tyron Woodley, yeah, he wants to fight. But if you say, Tyron, look, here's your check and here's some more. Stay home and get healthy. We'll rebook this fight when we get our first opportunity because we don't know how long you guys are going to be on the shelf. But we don't need to yeah. risk having a fight in front of nobody for no fucking reason where everybody's compromised. Kevin Lee missed weight. I can't imagine that everybody that was going to fight in London, if they moved them to the apex like they thought they were, I can't imagine all those guys were going to make weight. But what does that do for no, the fight itself? And now with late replacements, they don't even have time to cut weight. So no. everyone's fighting at their natural weights. That entire London card was filled with UK fighters. Where the hell were they going to find people on this shorter notice and for what? And I guarantee you that none of those guys are going to make six figures. No. I mean, you got to fill the card at the base level with guys, what, they're walking on for a 10 and 10? Come on, man. On short notice? Like, yo, that's wild. It's it's ridiculous because, again... The UFC is now homeless for the next four weeks. UFC London, uh, the Nganu fight. Uh, what fight am I missing other than Ferguson and Khabib? Uh, Overeem and Walt Harris. Those fights don't have a home now. Pay those guys. You can afford it. You've done like you have the money. Then you rebook them later. But more importantly, if this isn't the goddamn sign for fighters to unionize, I don't know what is. Because you shouldn't like. The NBA shuts down, 
Yes, they have players associations that take care of the players and they look out for their own best interest. Everybody has an association but the fucking UFC. The UFC doesn't have a yeah. union. Like these guys are not protected. It's crazy because the card, the, the UFC Brasilia card, those guys had to pay for their own coronavirus test and they told them to bill it to their insurance. You mean to tell me the UFC couldn't cough up the cash to pay for those guys to be healthy? Listen, there's in Vegas. Uh, before they shut down the schools, they had a petition going around, right? And my sister-in-law was like, we're going to sign this petition so our kids don't have to go to school because they might make them go to school. You know what I said? Fuck that petition. Keep them at home. <laughs> because, look, like a signed piece of paper, it, it sounds good in theory, but it doesn't mean shit. Because if they say no and they ignore it, your kids are supposed to go to school. But if I go, hey, my son is showing flu symptoms. He ain't going to school. And you tell all the other parents to do the same shit? Oh, I don't know. He, he had a cough. Could be allergies. But I'm going to do the safe thing and keep him home from school. Guess what? School's out, motherfucker. There ain't no school. If the UFC is in this situation where these fighters are worried about their health, and they go, <coughs> Dana, I think I might be coming down with something. It's not my fault. Can you still pay me? And then Dana says, no. Okay, cool. Hey, such and such. You feeling kind of sick? Yeah, me too. And you got a whole bunch of Mr. and Mrs. Me Too's, and now you don't have a card? I bet you they fucking get paid. So it's like you have to do something drastic. You have, because there are no, there's no UFC without the fighters. As much as Dana White puts himself in front of the, the, uh, the eight ball on this, and it's like, I'm the UFC, and it's the brand over the business and all this shit, the brand over the fighters. Listen, the fight doesn't exist without the fighters. So if all those guys say, look, we got to get paid. Because I ain't showing up to them some sick-ass virus-filled venue where guys are rolling on each other. And I'm not training and risking getting my family sick and my wife sick and my kids sick and my training partner sick. No. You got to unionize. Quit being scared. Like, I get it, man. Like, there's always going to be somebody that's going to take your food off your table if you don't eat it first. But yep. y'all got to figure this shit out. Because you're, you're terribly underpaid as it is. You should be like, if Floyd Mayweather misses a fight, who gives a shit? Canelo. If he misses his next fight, I think he's got enough money right. to be fine. <laughs> yeah. But the guy who's fighting on the prelims, he doesn't have that opportunity. And y'all need to step up. Somebody like, And that's where I think the most important thing is it shouldn't be like a Leslie Smith or it shouldn't be like uh, a Joe Benavidez even. It needs to be like a John Jones and a Daniel Cormier and a Conor McGregor and a Valentina Shevchenko and an Amanda Nunez and like – the champions and all the guys who are making the most money to step up and say, look, all fighters need to be get, get treated equally. We need to get paid more because the little guys, they just cut them <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, they, like <laughs> you're a problem. See ya. Yep. Shut up. Yeah. But if John Jones is like, nah, I'm not going to fight unless you take care of these fighters. <gasps> that's trouble. Conor McGregor says that. <gasps> that's big trouble. But oh, Conor yeah. McGregor, he makes so much money that he ain't really thinking about it. And that's kind of how capitalism works. And alas, here we are. And it's it's no surprise that the UFC is run by a guy who is friends with Donald Trump. So <laughs> the last again, and even though and even though like we criticize pro wrestling, there's guys that make half a million dollars that aren't even on TV every week. So they even if they get sent home, I think they're gonna be okay. UFC just doesn't have that luxury, and it's nuts. It's nuts that they want to entertain us, and Dana wants to trot them out, but he doesn't want to get them paid. It's my rant for the day, people. Thank you for coming to my fucking TED Talk. <laughs> no word. Take that, take that, take that. I'm just ad-lib. I'm going to go back and just cut in ad-libs to that whole rant. You're putting gunshots? So fire. Boyoka. That's it. 
<laughs> the little Wayne spark and a blunt in the beginning. All that. Every fire ad lib. Drop bombs on it. Yeah, drop bombs. Me. You got to give it and another <laughs> one. And another one. Cluminati. <laughs> like, you got to hit it with this. <laughs> yeah. The Cluminati one. Oh, yeah. We're taking it back with that. Yeah. So, you need, you need all the hip hop ad libs on that one. Um, nah, man. You're so right, though. And unfortunately, it takes these situations sometimes for fighters to smarten up. What happens if you can't fight? What hap- What protects you if you are sick? If you have to pull out last second? All those M- all the UK fighters, like you mentioned, on the lower end of the card, they all had to pay for a camp. And now Dana White's just like, oh, somebody here in the States will take your place and your purse. And they didn't have to spend anything on a camp. So we're just going to put your your whole purse in their pocket and they just did their normal training, their normal eating. No weight cut, no nothing. No bringing in people to smart, nothing. And you're like, shit, I just spent, like if you're a 10 and 10 guy and you don't bring in people and you don't do anything extravagant, but you're on 10 and 10 or 20 and 20, be like, yo, I just spent $6,000 just training, eating right, taking time off of work and still having to pay bills. Coming in, paying my fees to the gym that I'm with. All of these things for eight weeks to focus on winning this fight. And now it's done. So it, it's crazy. That's what happens when you don't unionize. And the UFC has long since showed, like, yo, we are a sports league. Once they got their own uniform and fighters couldn't wear their own sponsors in a cage, that was it. it. That was it. Like, oh, you guys want to be the NBA? You want to be the NFL? Cool. Those places have unions. Let's get it. But fighters, especially at the top, they happy with the status quo and just kind of went along with it. So it's tough. Hopefully this is an eye-opener. The good thing is it gives journalism's journalists like ourselves and others who are really great writers in our fields a ton of time to put shit like this together. Like, wait, we don't have to cover live events? Yeah, you're going to catch all these op-eds. Yeah. Like all, all of them. Because we ain't got shit else to do. So hopefully a lot of good stories, a lot of good conversation comes from this on podcasts like this and written platforms, television, because that's all we can do is sit here and talk. Hey, how can we fix this? How can this get better? What can we do? And these are conversations that has to be had in uh, MMA. Before we get out of here, and we touched on it a lot during that conversation and during the rant, UFC England should just flat out question should Tyron Woodley fight this week and uh, there's been talk him and Colby Covington going back and forth on Twitter I think that's a fight we've wanted for a long time if it leads to that are you okay with these fights happening or should he should he say you know what I want to mollywop Colby Covington so bad fuck it I will fight him this week where where are they gonna fight I still don't know where they're gonna fight, man. I don't like, listen, man. Don't. There's no place for them to fight. And I is is Kobe Covington's jaw even healed yet? That is the best question out of all of this. Because technically, I mean, all these big gyms have, uh, like octagon style training rings, right? So, like, if New Mexico lets you fight, just go down to Jackson Wing, set up some cameras, get busy. Which is fucking crazy to say, but I mean, that's their only option, right? 
go to a facility that's already built, set up a four camera shot, and stream that shit back to ESPN, so we can run it. Like, no, like, okay, for my personal enjoyment, I like to see Tyron Woodley knock out Kobe Covington. That's for my personal yeah. enjoyment. But no, like, there's no place to do this fight. It's, you know, it's top of the week. How are you gonna like? <laughs> what, what you gonna get on a plane? Like, what are you doing? You gonna, Dana you White's know, backyard. Like, that's what I'm like saying. this is fucking indie wrestling. You gotta do this shit at Bishop Gorman High School. Like, what are they doing? There's nowhere to do this shit. So to even talk about this without having a venue is silly. And I know, again, Dana keeps saying the show must go on. But where? Listen, man, it's not. you guys are on a roaming circus. You guys can't just throw up a tent and a fucking lion comes out and fights with a monkey. This shit, it don't work like that. You have to have a venue. You need judges. You need a referee. And you need a cage. Like it, it sounds. Yeah, how do you get a ref sanctioned by a body and judges sanctioned in six days? Listen, there is no athletic commission. Well, there probably is somebody if you grease their palms a little somebody. bit. Somebody. Texas but, does a lot of shit, man. Yeah, but you show up and be like, yo, I want to have a fight this weekend. And they're just like, <laughs> emergency meeting. Word. Like, it doesn't work like that. And But Dana apparently thinks it does. And it's baffling because... You would think, listen, we all know that Trump's a dumbass, and he says dumb shit. So you, when he says something like that, you go, okay, he's just an idiot. But when Dana says, you're like, really? Are you really still trying to do this? And then you look at Tyron Woodley, he's like, I just want to fight. I get it, man. You want to fight. I appreciate that you want to fight Kobe Covington. But there's nowhere for you to fight, dog. Unless you're going to just, <laughs> unless you're going to drop the pin and Kobe shows up at your house and with a camera crew, I'm here for that. But still, straight, straight iPhone. Yeah. iPhone to ESPN. I don't even know if we're capable of doing that. But I wonder if we, like, yo, we're going to send this, like, just give us a streaming service straight to Twitter. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, so. IG IG Live. Let's pump up these social but even social then, numbers. Even then, it's an unsanctioned street fight with Kobe and Tyron Woodley fighting <laughs> their fucking jeans with, like. I would it. With a shopping cart. Like, like this shit is GCW. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, there's no way that they can <laughs> they can sanction this fight, and it should be on their record. Like, at this point, you just want to fight because you just don't like somebody. This is not this is a street fight. There's gonna be you kendo can bollywop him wherever. Yeah, it'll be kendo sticks and shopping carts and a spike bat somewhere. Like, all right, cool. If that's what you want to do, but th- it's not MMA. So let's let's stop act like this fight's gonna happen in MMA. I'll be blown away if they find a way to pull us together. And I need to know who got paid to do this shit because it sure as hell wasn't the fighters. No, no, no. The fighters are still going to fight for what they have. Like, the craziest thing going around is the assumption, like, Dana's like, we need to save this card. Someone please step up. Like, we're going to give you a lot of money. What? No, you wherever you're placed on the card, yeah, you get, like, 200000 Just drop in a bucket. Like, that ain't shit. Like, they ain't bringing Kobe Covington in for a mill to save this card. Like, yo, Kobe would give you, like, 150 Broken jaw and all. Fuck it. Like it's wild, man. It's wild to think. It's the wild, wild west right now. And Dana White's that crazy ass sheriff. So we'll see how all of that plays out. It's a wild time in combat sports. We will be back next week to talk boxing and MMA again on our Monday show. I feel like this is going to be our format kind of throughout. And then this week, though, we still have two more shows. Our Wednesday show is going to be special we're going to kind of try to turn that into our 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 extracurricular show this week it's hip-hop so it's going to be real fun 
and then Friday, pro wrestling. And maybe by this Friday, we'll learn if WrestleMania is in fact canceled. And some of the fallout from there, we already had one uh, empty arena show at the Performance Center. Uh, two, actually, if you count NXT. And then we'll also have a Raw and AW will have theirs in empty arena by the time we talk to you guys next. So... We'll have a ton to talk about about wrestling on Friday. So make sure you guys are with us this whole week. Content's still coming out. We appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Be smart. We'll all get through this. Uh, don't be an idiot like this one girl I just saw on Twitter who is licking toilet seats as part of a coronavirus challenge. Don't be that girl. Be smart so you guys can keep listening to us. Follow us on social media as well. At Corner Podcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Until the next show on Wednesday, we're out. Peace. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickranger.com/safety or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.